0: Oh uh... that oh. My God with all.
1: be reading from Luke chapter 22 verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Morning, church. Morning, morning. I hope that you've had the opportunity to pick up a, a bulletin. I want to bring your attention to a few things. A uh, date change: um, October, or actually, uh, September twenty fourth, was supposed to be the men's day trip to. And that's been changed to October the twenty second. So uh, that's the men's day trip to Big Bob Gibson's was originally scheduled for September 24th, has been changed to October the 22nd. I also like to, as Donnie mentioned earlier, bring us some good news. And so I just want to mention a few of those on our prayer list that uh, that have had uh, good news. Of course, uh, Gerald Colbert, he had uh, some issues last week, but Gerald is here with us uh, today and we're glad that, that he's doing better. Also Sharon Hagee, she's been recovering from pneumonia and she was Uh, Able to be here uh, on Wednesday, I believe, or maybe last Sunday, and she's here with us today as well, so we're thankful uh, for her uh, able to be with us. Uh, Linda Neal had knee replacement surgery last week, and she has walked in on just a cane, so she's doing great, and so we're thankful that she's here uh, and that Russell's doing well enough to be here as well. Carolyn Overton also had uh, knee replacement surgery, and she's able to uh, be out and about and uh, be, be here with us, so we're thankful thankful for that as well. Linda Shaddell, she continues to recover, but she is here with us uh, this morning as well, so we're thankful for that. Uh, Found out the other day, Michael Spradlin uh, went home uh, from uh, the rehab he was in, so we're thankful for that. I did get an update from Wanda White um, that uh, she said David's not doing well, so we do want to encourage everyone to continue to remember David and Nancy uh, as they recover from their surgeries. Also, she said her brother, Aaron Beavis, uh, who. Hit- Uh, His wife, Susie, is also on our prayer list. But Aaron, uh, they're going to—he's going to have to go back this week and redo a surgery uh, that he had done uh, recently. So we want to remember him. Also, Sean will be having shoulder surgery. Try to say that fast—shoulder surgery uh, this Friday. So uh, a lot of good news, but other additionals uh, that we need to remember. It is good to see each and every one of you here today. Thank you so much for coming our way. We were talking about remembering, and I appreciate the way Brother Donnie started out off our service. We do want to remember this day, for this is a day to remember in our history. There's been several events throughout history that we call to remembrance on various occasions, but none quite like September the 11th. And so this is a special day because it's the Lord's Day, but it's also September the 11th, and we want to remember those who have fallen and those heroes who went to rescue those in those attacks. But we also have the opportunity, as Brother Donnie said, every single Lord's Day, to come together and to remember what Christ has done for us. So in actuality, every Lord's Day for us is a day of remembrance. But today we think back and we remember 15 years ago. At this time, every, at this particular time 15 years ago, every plane had struck a building or went down in that field in Pennsylvania. First one hit at eight forty six. The second one at nine oh three, the third into the Pentagon at nine thirty-seven, and the last in the field in Pennsylvania, just a few minutes ago at ten thirty-seven. Do you remember what you were doing that day? Do you remember? Brother Nick, if you guys will go and look at these next few pictures. Maybe you are seeing some pictures like this on the television today. But do you remember that day? And do you remember when you first saw these images on your televisions? Most of us remember exactly 15 years ago what we were doing. Almost like it was yesterday. I appreciate Elizabeth Wagner and her post on Facebook reminding us and those that would re- read that today as we wake up, as we woke up, we got ready for services. Fifteen years ago, thousands of people got ready just like it was any other day. Many of them never to return home. Many never to approach their destination are their planned destination on those planes Do you remember what you were doing This past week a preacher friend of mine from Decatur Mark Posey sent out some thoughts about remembering this day and so I took those thoughts and added some scriptures that I want us to think about this morning I want us to think about, as we remember 9-11, I want us to think about some things that we have learned since that time. As a nation, as a family, and as a church. Some things we have learned, first of all, I want you to turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. We have learned that life is precious. In a world filled with racism, Abortion, murder, and hatred. We need to stress the sanctity of life. And as I thought about that point, the preciousness of life or the sanctity of life, I thought about what is recorded in God's Word in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him male and female. He created them. If you turn over to chapter 2, you'll notice in verse 7, Where the Bible says, "...and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being." In Genesis chapter 5, verse 2, He, that's God, Created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. Paul would also record in Acts chapter 17 and verse 25: Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives life to all and breath and all things. Life is precious. And I want everyone here today to realize and remember, you are important. You are important because you are mankind and God has created us in His image. Several verses we have looked at that says God has created us. He has given us life. He has given us breath. He has given us all things. Never, ever, ever, think that you are not important. You see, that's what Satan wants us to believe. Satan through social media and through other ways in our world wants us to believe that we are not important. But friends, I'm here to tell you that God says you are important because He's created us. Turn over to Matthew chapter 27. I want you to think about a... A sad day in the life of an apostle of Jesus Christ who forgot this very thing. Satan weighed him down so much. Matthew 27, beginning in verse 1. When morning came, all the chief priests and elders of the people plotted against Jesus to put Him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate the governor. Then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful and brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying an innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? You see to it. Then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went out. And hanged himself. Because of the events, the mistakes that he had done. He had forgotten that even then he was still created in the image of God. That even then he could have forgiveness through Jesus Christ. What a weight to carry. Today, I'm not sure what Satan is putting in your life, but I want you to never forget something. That however big or however difficult that is, Jesus can forgive. Paul called himself the chief of sinners, and yet he knew that he had been forgiven in Jesus Christ. He remembered we are created in the image of God. Do you remember on that day in 9-11? Do you remember how people realized that life was precious? Do you remember songs like the one Alan Jackson came out with that reminded us to hug those daily that we love so much, to not take for granted our opportunities to be with them and see them daily? Do you remember how people lived that way for a time? And on a day 15 years later, We should remember those who lost their lives and their families and how their lives were changed forever. We should remember those heroes that went into those buildings that gave their lives trying to save. But I'm afraid we haven't forgotten the heroes and the victims. But I'm afraid in our country we have forgotten the preciousness of life. And we are Christians are called to remind the world through the way that we live daily that life is precious and that we are created in the image of God. We also are, have learned and are reminded that time is fleeting. Every moment is important. May the cares of this world never cloud our vision and steal the simple moments that bring about the bigger picture. Turn in your Bibles to the book of James chapter 4. James chapter 4. And we do need to remember that bigger picture that God seems to have always been reminding us. James chapter 4. you remember? In verse 13, the Bible says, "...Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit." James says, this is what you need to remember as you do that. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Life is short. Time is fleeting. Turn over, if you will, to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and Paul cautions us in Ephesians 5 and Colossians 4, he cautions us to redeem the time because time is fleeting. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And in the Colossians chapter 4, Verses 5 and 6. Paul tells us how to redeem the time by walking in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Because time is passing. Our life is but a vapor. Another thing we learned from 9-11, or we learned, is that faith... Is powerful. Turning, if you will, uh, to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Faith makes all things possible, or makes things possible. Our strong faith in Jesus Christ as the rock is which we build a happy and successful and peaceful existence. In Hebrews chapter 11... The Hebrew writer records to us all these different people who lived faith and show that faith is powerful in one's life. Verse 6, he says, "...but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And all these lived by faith. Abel, he offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by faith." Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death by faith. Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark by faith. By faith, Abraham, Abraham, when he was called to to go out of his country, he went. Sarah herself, by faith, also received strength to conceive, and she bore a child. Isaac, by faith, blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. Joseph, when he was dying, mentioned, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel. Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents by faith. And when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. On and on and on. Hebrews chapter 11 shows us the people who lived a powerful life. By faith. Look back at chapter 10. Chapter 10, we'll look at verse 35 and following. Paul would write to the church at Colossia, Colossae in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 5, For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in It was powerful. It served as a powerful example to Paul. In chapter ten, verses thirty-five through thirty-eight, the Hebrew writer says, "Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise." For yet a little while, and he who is committing will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Hebrews chapter 11 teaches us that faith is powerful. Paul talked about in Colossians that faith is powerful. Hebrews chapter 10, he says the just live by faith. And one of my favorite passages of Scripture, Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. And Paul is known as one of the greatest heroes of faith that we can read about. That called himself the chief of sinners, that persecuted the church, and yet turned his life around when he received instruction from Jesus and through Ananias. Faith is powerful. We also learn that love is love is needed. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and Paul speaks to us about love. The world is starving for love. And since God is love, the truth is that the world is starving for God. Remember, Paul says in here in, in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is the greatest and love is the never fails. Love suffers long, verse 4, and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself and is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things. Believes all things. Hopes all things. Endures all things. Now think about that kind of love and that's the kind of love that was shown to us. And that's the kind of love that we need to show to one another and that we should show to this world. Because the world is starving for love. Oh, not phileo love. Not physical love. But that unconditional love that the Bible calls agape love that comes from God only. And that when we yield and submit to God, then we can show that kind of love. Remember, it was Jesus who talked about this kind of love in John chapter 3, verses 16 and following. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness but is long suffering toward us not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance that's the love of God and that's the love that is needed in the world and we learned that on September 11th and finally this morning We learned that hope is strong. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Romans chapter 5. Hope is strong enough to anchor our soul in rough seas and calm seas. Hope is the greatest of all things. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and following, Paul speaks of this. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character and character, hope. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. We, as God's children, are the ones who really give true hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Do you remember back in Matthew chapter 14? It's recorded that Jesus came walking on the sea. And His apostles are there in that boat on the sea. And there's a storm raging and they see Jesus and they think it's a ghost. And he says, don't be afraid, it's just me. And Peter, bold Peter, says, Lord, if it is you, let me come out on the water. Notice what happened. Peter had hope. And we see the evidence of its power and its strength. For when he kept his focus on Jesus, Peter steps out of the water and because of his hope in Jesus Christ, Peter walks on water. Hope is strong. And it was only when he began to take his focus off of Jesus and look around at the storms that he lost hope. And he began to sink. And then Jesus says, Oh you of little faith. In Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and following, Paul says, For we were saved in this hope, (coughs) but hope that is is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But we hope for what we do not see. We eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We walk through this life with a strong hope. A strong hope for tomorrow. A strong hope for the future. A strong hope in Jesus Christ. Paul would say in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Walk through life not seeing some things, not seeing tomorrow as far as our physical life is concerned, but seeing tomorrow in Jesus Christ because through the scriptures we have hope. But let me ask you this what is it we have learned to hope for from 9 11? Do we hope in our government? Romans chapter 13 Paul gives us the reasons we have government and maybe there's some things we can hope for in the institution of government realizing government is led by people and people Make mistakes. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For He is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for He does not bear the sword in vain. For He is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on Him who practices evil. Paul says this is what government was set up for. But we can see through even the history of Scripture and the history of time that governments have not always lived up to what they were supposed to do. So what is it we really hope for or hope in? Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. The writer tells us in verses 13 through 16. I want to encourage you to turn to that. Underline it in your Bible. Highlight it. If you have an electronic device, highlight it there. Because in Jesus Christ, this is what we hope for. Hebrews 11 and verse 13, "...these all died in faith, not having received the promises." But having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better That is a heavenly country. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. Jesus said in John 14, I go to prepare a place, and if I go to prepare a place, I will come again, that where I am there you may be also. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So folks, as we come together today, we come together yes, most importantly to remember what Jesus has done for us. And yesterday on September 11th, 2016, 15 years later from the terrorist attacks on our country, we remember those heroes. We remember, remember those fallen victims. But let us as God's people remember that life is precious. Time is fleeting. Faith is powerful. Hope is strong. Love is needed. I'm reminded of a story I came across about greyhound racing. Greyhound racing, you see, is a little bit different than horse racing. For they take these slick, beautiful dogs. And they they pin them up and they have numbers and they're not assisted by a jockey. And there's people up in the stands waging on various dogs of which would win. And you see the way greyhound dog races work is they have an electronic rabbit with real fur on it And when those gates open and those dogs come out of that gate, they begin chasing that rabbit, which is controlled in the press box electronically. One day, down in Florida, at a greyhound race, it started off as a typical race. The rabbit goes, the gates open, and the dogs take out chasing the rabbit down the first stretch. But as it rounds the corner... There was an electrical glitch. And the rabbit stopped. Went up in flames and poof, the rabbit was gone. All that was left was a little bit of hair hanging on the end of an electrical wire. And what happened next was amazing. For some of the dogs just stopped and laid down on the ground with their tongues hanging out. A couple of dogs just kept going and ran right into the wall and broke some ribs. One dog, funny, funnily, he, he just began chasing his tail around in circles. But no dog finished the race. They lost hope. Many times in life, people are chasing mechanical rabbits as hope. And if you if that mechanical rabbit has not played out yet, it will. And then what will we hope in? What will be our purpose in life? If our hope and our goal and our purpose are in earthly things, how can life go on? Paul said, this is my goal. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Amen? That should be our hope. No matter what the terrorists say, no matter what North Korea does, folks, I'm telling you, I'm not ready for a terrorist attack. I'm not ready for life to necessarily end. On this earth. But I want to be like Paul. And I want to say, you see, the reality is, the reality is, world, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and all of government, the reality is, for me to live is Christ, not America. And for me to die is gain. Paul says, I press on to the goal, to the upward call. In Christ Jesus. Today, what's holding you back? Where is your hope? We learn from 9-11 and we learn most importantly through Jesus Christ. Our hope is through Jesus in heaven. As together we stand and sing.